And one of the highlights for me over the weekend was going to see Getty Lee at uh, the Moore Theater in Seattle on Friday night. He has a new book out called My and Life. And every and that was cool. When you walked in the door, uh, everybody got a copy of the book. So I didn't get a chance over the rest of the holiday weekend to dig into it. But uh, I will. And maybe we can do a little wee read so you don't have to. And he read from the book that night and everything. And, and it was cool. The place was packed. I'll tell you that about the Moore Theater. I mean, the line was down and around the block. I'd never seen a line like that to get into the place. But nonetheless... Uh, he comes on a little after eight o'clock and they, when you, the stores open, you know, and people getting in and getting a drink the whole time, the screen is just going through pictures of just this whole collage of his whole career and stuff. And they're playing some of his music, some music that, you know, that he grew up liking and stuff. And then, um, each, in each city, John, they have a, a, a guest, uh, interviewer and it's been, the actor Paul Rudd in a couple cities, a couple famous DJs have done it and things like that. And so we were kind of taking bets on who would it be, Matt Cameron maybe from Soundgarden. They've worked together and stuff. And and it turned out to be Chris Novoselic, the bass player from Nirvana, which was cool. Everybody thought that was that was pretty hip. And, and he comes out for a couple minutes and explains his relationship with Getty. And it, and it started when uh, at the Taylor Hawkins Memorial, uh, at the uh, London, uh, that uh, Wembley Arena. So he goes to that. Getty goes to that. He ends up in a, you know, a table with with Nick Chris Novoselic, and and they become friends. Getty's got a spot on his television show about bass players coming up that involves him, and then he calls him up and says, "Hey, you want to be, you want to go through the book with me and and hang out uh, when I come to Seattle?" And so that was the setup. You know. It, Novoselic is an he seems like a nice guy and he's got funny stories of his own and stuff like that. But as far as an interviewer, you know, he I don't think he asked the best questions and I don't think he was really comfortable in that role. But uh Getty got up and read from the book himself. You know, he read a, had a little podium there. They had like a living room set up kind of deal. And uh, they'd show pictures and different things of what they were talking about, and then uh, in the second half, he ended up taking uh, questions from all kinds of people in the audience, and that was probably the best part because people got to interact with him a little bit. Super cool. Super oh, cool. So what What did you, I mean, as somebody who knows everything about this band and about this guy, did you learn anything new about him or about, the, or about him going forward uh, in his career? Nobody. And that was one thing that was surprisingly left off the table was the recent revelations that, Hey, him and Alex may continue without Neil. Neil was brought up many times that night, and uh, and then well, did I he guess, say anything about his health? About 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 no. Alex's health? No, he didn't. Okay. He didn't because he has recovered from some kind of stomach ailment or something. But um, uh, they didn't talk about that so much um, as uh, that I would hope they would. But I guess the thing I probably found out more was like people would ask. How did the writing process go or who came up with this lick or that lick, you know, and kind of stuff. And he would kind of explain like how they used to work and then how it worked at, at later on. And, you know, he talked about being a complete control freak and stuff and the whole keyboard period where the keyboards took over in the 80s. And now how like that was, yeah. you know, that, you know, 
he thought it was cool, but then after talking to Alex later in life, it's like, uh, yeah, sorry, I kind of I was a dick during that whole time because <laughs> he was a control freak, and uh, that part was neat. And then um, uh, it was just it was a, it was a good night. I, he told a really funny story about uh, uh, they were in like Denmark or something, and they started this cognac drinking contest, and Alex got completely naked and busted out a couple windows in the hotel and everything. And you don't really picture these guys no. like that. They don't <laughs> seem like that kind of. But he was like got into this you know, 12 round drinking thing with somebody with one of the road crew. And the next thing you know, uh, they had to, they were playing two nights there. And the next day he had to go through the hotel. He shook hands with everybody and apologized personally to him and stuff. Cause they had to almost, you know, they almost got thrown out and I don't, you know, you don't picture them like that. And the composition of a rush concert crowd, as they will uh, attest to is largely male. Is it different for a book for Getty's book thing? Are there was, was there a, were there a few more women in the mix um, percentage wise? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fair. It was a it was you know it was still probably 60, 40, 70, yeah. 65, 35, You know, you know at least by the when you'd go to the bathroom, you know, at the intermission or something like that. Yeah, but it was super fun, super cool. I'll dig through the book, find some cool other stuff in there, and. Uh, as we've been hearing, there may be even more coming from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm curious about the about the writing thing. Did they uh, like, like who did who was responsible for the lyrics? Who was responsible for the music? Were they in the same room? Like because when Paul and John the uh, the Beatles were together in the early days, uh, you know when they were always around each other, they would write next to each other. And then yes. as the band gets bigger, and this guy's married and that guy's married, then all of a sudden they're mailing lyrics back and forth to each other. And is that how did how did it go for those guys over the years? Well, yeah, at the beginning it was you know on the tour bus or at the sound check or something like that where they're always together, and so they would always just jam together and work out parts and stuff. Then you know once they got their own studios and things, yeah. it would be like let me I'll record this and email it to him or yeah. whatever, and then you know they'll kind of work individually until they got together. You know, that definitely technology. They took advantage of all the technological yeah. advancements as things went along. And as you find out with these bands, and in, in, in any era, whether it's the 80s or the 60s, whenever they were the best writing was always early in their career when they were ne- when they were right on top of each other, when yeah. the guys were always next to each other, something gets lost when it, you know, over the course of time when you're kind of, emailing lyrics back and forth or zooming or whatever it is it's not it's not the same but that's that's what happens lives change and uh guys kind of go in different directions and that's how it it has to be done but all right well that's cool 